When I was a kid, I swear to God, I don't remember ever seeing women going, woo, like that. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's January 24th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination, episode 168. This is no agenda. Following the money from Hollywood to Haiti and coming to you live from the Mineral Security Containment Cell Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And it's cloudy here in northern Silicon Valley, and the rain is coming. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, John. Well, in the morning to you. You know, you've got your uh, compression up so high that it's probably as close to sounding like Jim Rome for you radio listeners out there. It makes me sound like a slouch. Is this based upon you listening to the actual show? Yeah, I did actually well, listen I have to it. I have your compression up pretty high, too. You don't like it? No, no, mine's not. Yours is like you sound like you're in a. You sound like you're, which is shocking <laughs> considering you're using a little mic. Yeah, you sound like you're in a in a big studio with a with one of the, with a compressor that's got a big giant knob on it. <laughs> Wait a minute, I can, I can give you some. I can give you some more compression if you well, want. Maybe it. I need a little uh, tremolo or something, a little reverb. Uh, you, I, okay, help. hold on. A You've got a little reverb. You just don't hear talk. Well, I'm already maybe. Hello, hello. Do I have any reverb? Do I sound good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do now. <laughs> I bet you got me all. See, this is the problem with with the with this sort of produ- production. All right, it's not a problem. It's a problem for me. So uh, let's talk about who our executive producers are this week. Yes. Oh, we have more than one. Is that uh... we have our our normal contingent of one executive producer and a couple of associates. Okay. Let's. Uh... So our executive producer this week is Ian Monroe. Is from... that Ian? Our executive producer this week is Ian Monroe, <laughs> River Ridge, Louisiana. Yes, Ian. 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 Uh. John and Adam love the show. You guys do a great job reporting real news, more filling, less fluff. <laughs> Whenever I can, I'll donate what I can to ensure the show gets what it can to continue. Uh, and he's got a web address, ianmonroe.com. Um, that's Ian, high, well, that's uh, appreciated because Ian is, uh, is is no stranger to the show. He's donated before, I believe, has he not? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a... a a regular, and he gave us two hundred eighty-two dollars, and there's no explanation for the money amount. Well, two eighty-two a palindrome, perhaps. Uh, well, yeah, but geez, I mean, I mean, it not, could have been three three ninety-three. I mean, is it, yeah. Well, he could, if he wouldn't make a palindrome, he could also have done two eighty-two or one thousand one, two eight two, <laughs> uh, something. Anyway, uh, I just got up. And we have uh, Dennis Cruz in Beaverton, Oregon, gave us, uh, he's an associate uh, producer of this show, the executive producer. Uh, and here, this is interesting. He says he got a job Friday. So he's giving us, uh, you know, he said he, he's giving us $1 a day per day that he was out of work. Okay, wow. So how many days was he out of work? 206 days. Wow. That's that's a lot. Well, congratulations on the job, man. Yeah, no kidding. Dude, damn. That's like uh what is that? 8 8 9 months? It's two thir- almost uh, two th- uh, yeah, it's a long time. Damn. 
So I get my he was job. he was officially a bum according to uh, <laughs> according to our statistics. Uh, statistics. He's not a bum anymore. No, he's, he's not. An executive Damn it, producer. Hell yeah. Any more uh, associate executives? You got one more. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, I'll read. This is two hundred fifty-one dollars out of Norway. Uh, just to make the, the U.S. dollars one above the obvious. Guess I am not the first Norwegian executive or assistant executive producer. Please refer to Gear G-E-I-R, and not my name. It will only cause me trouble. So please, John, what are they blaming me for this? You do Don't, me well because you've been known time. to screw it up. One time. <laughs> and by the way, I, I don't know if I, I guess you can say this because we don't have his last name either. He is the father of cover art. Oh, of uh, Randy T? Paul, Paul uh, T. Paul T, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah Randy. Randy, Randy. Paul T. That's right. He, uh, he turned him on to the show, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I've been, I've been keeping, keeping track of our... Uh, He's in Oslo. Our uh, official artists. That's, that should be a, a better title than just artwork by. Shouldn't that be graphic... Uh, no, artwork by is a good uh, moniker. I mean, it's good you know, enough, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's a credit. Um, we can do something more. We'll we'll we take the whole crew of them. We have a bunch now, yeah. and we just put them in a list them off as uh, art directors. Okay, art directors, right? That's good. Well, anyway, Dennis Cruz and Gear, thank you so much for checking in as associate executive producers on No Agenda One Sixty Eight, and of course, our executive producer for this uh, episode of the program, Ian Monroe. We highly appreciate it, and you know that this is not just altruism. It actually can get you jobs. In fact, um, look at uh, um, look at Dennis. He donated to the show, and he got a job. Yeah, I mean okay. he's he's donated to the show before when he had no job, and, and oh, well, there you go, got you got a job. job. Karma, got, karma, it totally karma. So you can put that on your resume, obviously, and. Uh, and use it to your so benefit. It looks like he's moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an official PR associate, but I do want to give uh, a tip of the hat to Matthew Stewart, who um, I'm not quite sure where Matthew lives, but he printed out nice little uh, noagendashow.com stickers, and he's been putting them everywhere. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a link to uh, one of his I stickers. Would like, I'm going to actually send out a memo to the artists and ask him if they can uh, design some various size stickers that then people can download and print out and slap on the uh, toll booths of their local toll bridges and whatever else they see. By the way, I want to make an announcement. Do not do anything illegal with these stickers. Right. I don't want anybody out there putting the stickers in places where they're not supposed to. So just plaster them everywhere. I got an email from uh, one of our listener producers who works at a, a big printing shop. And... Uh, I guess he was making up a huge banner to hang off of some bridge or viaduct or something. <laughs> but don't do anything illegal. <laughs> well, you know, there's the Ber- Berkeley's got this this bridge that people are always hanging signs off of. It's a recently developed uh, bicycle bridge over the freeway, mm. uh, over Highway 80. And every once in a while, I see stuff hanging off of it with a, some some signage. Sure. You know, stop the war, you know, stuff like that. But I don't see any reason it shouldn't say www.noagendastream.com. Or noagendashow.com would be even better. Noagendashow.com yeah. would be yeah, better. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah. But whatever the case, it's, it's not a, uh, I think it would be a good thing to do. But but the toll, you know, if you drive up to the toll booths, you always see these stickers. They're all stuck there, and it's just a lot of them are vague. I don't know. 
Anyway, um, so so what do you think the top of the news is this week? <laughs> well, let me guess. There's uh, a couple of things, you know, they, they, you know I'm starting to th- think of it as not a don't look over here moment because the thing that's fallen by the wayside is the discussion of the tungsten. Well, not just the tungsten. There's a lot of stuff going on. We've got um, uh, Ben Bernanke uh, desperately trying to be confirmed as as the uh, Fed chairman. Uh, there's definitely some... Uh, there's definitely some other and news. The, uh, and, of course, the anthrax and the heroin. Yes. Oh, you, you, you got the same supply I did, huh? Crap. Yeah, there's uh, there's good stuff. Um, but I guess we would have to say, without a doubt. The distraction of the week. Hey. Oh, no. Agenda. Play the reason that I couldn't stand watching the uh, Help for Haiti, uh, which we might we need to discuss because I think it, it was you know this reminds we've talked about this before, but it has the all the earmarks of uh, uh, hands across America, yes, you know, yes. Live Aid, you know where's the money go kind of thing. Well, that's was, that's the track that I took, uh, John. I I followed the money, but let's uh, go into your clips first. What do you got? Which one do you? Well, want here's to? the one that I think that most people. I'm just going to play a s- small clip from now. That one there's something in the chat room to identify the singer she's a really good looking black but she's actually a mulatto of some sort she's a mix i mean she's gorgeous and she but she can't sing apparently what? Uh, in <laughs> fact the uh you know well you know she's pretty eye candy but she uh so i i have so I, I when i was listening to her i realized now if anybody ever wants to know what what the term caterwauling means uh i think you should just listen to this clip I don't know if it's Alicia Keys or whoever it is. I can't tell. No, that can't be Alicia. Alicia Keys can really sing. That, well, I don't know who it is. Then. That I can't be Alicia. If that was Alicia Keys, then I'm then I'm handed in my uh, I'm handing in my union card. I just tell you, it, it was it was unbelievable. So uh, <laughs> well, some uh, of the chat room. Yeah, the, chat, yeah, the chat room will catch up in. Uh, in like 15 seconds. Yeah, they're saying it was Alicia Keys, no? Rihanna? It can't be Alicia Keys. That's impossible. <laughs> no, it was not Britney Spears. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I Just came play home. this. Wait, wait. Play the beginning again because I want people to realize that this is caterwauling. But I gotta get there. Oh, it's, oh my God. Can you send an <laughs> Stevie Nicks is another suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I can't take it. No, I gotta listen to it now. <laughs> People keep saying Alicia Keys. I cannot believe it would be her. <laughs> Angel! <laughs> All right, so um, I came home on Friday and this thing was in full swing. And I watched, I swear to God, I watched 10 minutes and had to turn it off. I mean, I, 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 I it was hard to watch. 
Well, but it's depressing. These people can't sing. They obviously said, "Here, sing this song because it's going to fit right into our theme." And it seems, and it was staged in a very, in a way that you, if you've ever seen those old, uh, oh, hunger in Africa kind of things with the, yeah. with the, with the crawler at the bottom and the, and this the certain kind of presentation and everybody's sad and it's just like you know it's just designed to separate you from your money. Uh, by the way, we don't uh, want to discourage anybody from giving money to any charities that are involved in Haiti specifically this one but if you are going to do that why don't you give it to doctors without borders yes yeah that, that's an organization exactly. we know is not a scam yeah. so a couple things first of all uh, apparently it was indeed alicia keys so i'm handing in my union card um and thank you very much for saying that right off right off the top um although the more people i talk to about this telethon and the phony baloneyness of it and, I'll, and I really want to get i got kind of deep because i was like this is irritating me to, to such a degree uh, and we still don't have an official number as to how much money they raised, which is another one of those things. If you go to hopeforhaitynow.org, this, it's, it's still the same webpage. There's absolutely no information about how much money was raised. There was no tally, no tote. And I got interested, John. I said, you know, why don't I just kind of follow the money? Where is, where is this money going? And yes, I agree with you. Um, please, if you want to help, there's the uh, Schweitzer Hospital uh, up in northern Haiti. And uh, even Sandra Bullock, who I think, uh, oh, I love Sandra Bullock. She donated $1 million to Doctors Without Borders to help uh, in Haiti. And the Doctors Without Borders, by the way, being turned away at the uh, MTPP Haiti airport. I got another story for you on that, well, too. Okay, so, let, so I followed the money for a minute. So... Um, I go to uh, uh, hopeforhatynow.org, right? You want to follow with me, John, because it's kind of fun. You want me to go on the web? Yeah, you, yes. Have you heard of it? It's really cool. <laughs> let so, me boot up my internet. Do I have to turn on the internet? Yes, you need the webs. Just type it into Google, hopeforhatynow.org. Okay, so you go to the FAQs. Um, and FAQs... So this was an MTV production, uh, which of course is Viacom, which is Sumner Redstone. Sumner Redstone, right? And and and, and oh man, I I, do, I almost don't even know where to start. But let me start with the money. So how will donations be distributed? Because I'm figuring, you know, people are sending money. How are they actually sending money? Well, through two ways. One is an online donation on the web, which I'll get to in a minute, and the other one was by texting. So you text. The first thing that's going to happen is your carrier. I guess all carriers had to participate. Um, they well, that's will, another thing, by the way. All carriers had to participate. Uh, there's that, and there's also how does somebody manage to get ABC, NBC, CBS, and oh, PBS? I, it's very simple, very simple. And that's I'll get to that in a second. But that's the Clinton Bush thing. I'll get to that in a minute. So, because I do have a theory behind all of this. So, uh, point four on the FAQs: Donations will be allocated according to each organization's capacity to accept the funds. Blah blah blah. The Hope for Haiti Now Fund is held with the Entertainment Industry Foundation. Now, you'll recall, John, these are the guys who uh, uh, announced that they were going to be infiltrating and indoctrinating all media with uh, serving and uh, um, uh, remember serve.gov. Do you remember? No, I don't. Yes, you do. We talked about it extensively. Doesn't mean I remember. Well, it was this. This is the sixty, seventy-year-old organization that uh, that is collecting the money, 
And these are the EIF guys, and they, how did you do? And they were, they were going to be, they were putting all kinds of messages into the, into the drama series about serving your country and volunteering. Oh, yeah, yeah. These characters. Exactly. So the money goes to them first, and then they're going to distribute it equally amongst, at the top of the list, Clinton Bush Haiti Fund, UNICEF, American Red Cross, Yale Haiti, the World FP, what is WFP.org? I don't know what that is. Oxfam America, which I thought was like a, a all British. I and thought then, so too. And then Partners in Health. But the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund is really at the top of the list because this was the big announcement that was made by President Obama that the two guys actually responsible for screwing Haiti over the past 30 ah, years. Totally. With Clinton at the top of the list. Um, for uh, for ruining all of the minimum wage um, limits in in Haiti uh, or levels, I should say, for removing all of the the rice import tariffs, so it totally screwed the country. Then you've got George W. Bush, who kidnaps the democratically elected leader of Haiti and and drops him off in Central Africa somewhere. And and I've got t- tons of links in the show notes. The guy is literally still kidnapped. <laughs> he's he's in the embassy and he's not allowed to do any interviews. Aristide, Aristide exactly. And if and there's a great Democracy Now um, interview um, where the uh, where it's, it's laid out exactly how that went. You know, they had like um, a death squad outside the palace, and they were saying, "Look, either you let this other guy come in, or uh, we're going to kill you." And he said, "Well, shoot, I don't want to do that." And he said, "Well, you know what? We'll do we'll we'll go do a press conference, and you can." Uh, Say that you're uh, you're stepping down, and they whisked him right onto a plane and th- flew him to Central Africa, and he's been there since. They just they just kidnapped the guy. Anyway, so um, I so digress. hold on a second. So the, wait, no, the, no, no, listen, because I, you you gotta hear this. Oh, I'm gonna hear it. So go the on. money is gonna go from the Entertainment Industry Foundation. So we've already had the the carriers in there who are taking it from your bill, apparently. Then it's going to the EIF. They are then going to disperse it to the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund.org, which, by the way, is not yet a fund. Because if you look at the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund uh, about the fund, they actually say here uh, the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund will do this by working with and supporting the efforts of reputable 501c3 non-governmental non-profit organizations, blah, blah, blah. President Clinton and Bush oversee the Clinton-Bush Haiti Foundation through their respective non-profit organizations. So the money's not actually going to uh, the Clinton-Bush Haiti Fund. No, it's going to the William J. Clinton Foundation and on behalf of George Bush, the Communities Foundation of Texas. So I start looking into these two. Now, the uh, the William Jefferson Clinton Foundation, which uh, did about $240 million last year, uh, interestingly, only four, $4 million from donations. I'm not quite sure where the others $236 million came from. Saudi Arabia. Spends $30 million in salaries and benefits on an annual basis. Because I looked at the report. You can download it. Does not list any directors or anyone who's a part of this foundation. And, of course, there's a beautiful building. But anyway, so uh, I guess that money's okay. But then you look at what George W. Bush's foundation is. It's the Community Foundation of Texas, who have about $700 million. And by the way, all of this stuff, they have all, you know, they invested and they've got investment fund managers. 
And then, of course, we have uh, on the board uh, Sarah Nelson, the chief philanthropy officer, uh, who joined the Community Foundation of Texas after more than a decade of working at the Rand Corporation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so uh, then I look at how those guys are actually, and by the way, if you look at, so the Clinton Foundation is everything all about Haiti and Leonardo DiCaprio donated a million dollars to the, to the foundation, but he's not. He's donating it directly to the Clinton Foundation. There is no such thing as the Bush as the Clinton Bush Haiti fund. There is well, no, it doesn't exist. Well, the that's money- why I wanted to point out to you that if you go to the Hope for Haiti Now website and click on the Clinton Bush Haiti fund, you find out where it links to. Well, no, it, it does link, it links to the, to the Clish, uh, Clinton no, Bush doesn't. Haiti fund. Oh, really? It does you on my page. You didn't click on it. I clicked on it. It goes back to Hope for Haiti Now. Hold on a second. Where, where's the link? Well, if you look on the left, there's all these little logos. Oh, yeah, right. Just above UNICEF. Yeah. Oh, they don't even clink at all. When I clink, it doesn't do anything. Clink? When I <laughs> clink on it, it doesn't clink. <laughs> no, I, I click on it, and it clicks. It just reopens the page. It's a, it's a scam. Yeah. Uh, well, so... Then so you, give them, give, yeah, right, yeah, just throw money away. Wait, 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 I'm not even done yet. No, go on. So then I'm like, okay, why don't I try and donate some money and see what the path is? Because you can also do it online. And this is being handled by, hold on, I've got to find it now. Okay, visit our online donation page. So you click that, and the first thing you get is untrusted connection. <laughs> and uh and I'm like, okay, why is this an untrusted connection? And uh there's this is uh, a black bod, I think it's called. Hold on a second. There's a there's a huge a huge outfit that uh let me find it here. Yeah, black bod on demand. They're the ones handling the online donations. This is a huge public company who do all kinds of services. And then, you know, so, and so they're supposedly the, the leaders in, uh, in online donations for, for nonprofit foundations. And, the, and they're throwing up an untrusted connection. So I look at the certificate. It's a certificate from Equifax. Equifax is the people who do your credit rating. Hmm. So we are now five steps removed from this money going basically into into the fund of Bill Clinton and then there's some Texas fund, which, by the way, in the news stories, the last news story they have, last press release, is January 13th. The Salmon's Dallas Foundation contributes historic 100 million gift to six Dallas organizations. They They couldn't even be bothered to put a press release out about the fact that money is flowing into their fund for Haiti. They couldn't even be bothered, these bastards. They can't be bothered because maybe they're not, maybe they're just holding the money for a while when, until Haiti needs it. By the way, so I'm watching this, this show and Clinton comes on. Yeah, of course, because he's like, send me money. 
Well, he talks about how he had a belated honeymoon in Haiti with his lovely wife, Hillary. And he goes on about that. But he mentions – because this is the reason I was interrupting you earlier. Because as soon as you mentioned Clinton being one of the guys that screwed over Haiti – which we, I think, most people would agree with. Uh, yeah. Why is he all history. of a sudden? Which he, I never knew this, by the way. And he, he announced it. He said it. He said he's the special UN envoy, envoy. to Haiti. Yeah. So basically, he before the catastrophe, he was named the special envoy to Haiti, and his wife has apparently some holdings in the northern part of the country where they want to build a couple of Clinton hotels. Resorts. Yeah. Isn't this a little sketchy? No, this no, it's not sketchy, John. It is sickening. Because whether whether you believe in in earthquake machines or not, it is very clear that the so why in the hell? I mean, just think for a moment, people. Think. Why does President Obama call up the very two guys who have helped screw this country? And why were they screwing it? Because exactly for this reason. Everybody was ready. The science was in. We were all set. We were patrolling offshore. We were ready to go. We had a drill for a natural disaster. Completely ready. Then this horrible, horrific tragedy strikes, and boom, they're in there. And they're making the American sheeple pay for it. And the president is making it tax-free. So every don- every, your donation is tax-free. It's a, it's a free money. They set it up. Hey, we have our holdings. We're going to build some hotels. We're going to give these people some great jobs. We're going to turn this into the Dubai of the new du- new Dubai uh, tax haven and playground for the rich. And we're going to make these stupid American people pay for it. Just send me the money. It's literally what it is. There's, there's, there's no oversight. You look at these foundations. I looked. At, I pulled down all the PDFs, all of their annual reports. They don't break out what they're sending the money to. They don't tell you what it, where it's going to. Yeah, except for $30 million in salaries and benefits. Dude, how big is this foundation that Clinton has? A $30 million annual payroll? That's Give me pretty a break. big. That's, That's huge. That's a big payroll. That's huge. Yeah. $12 million in travel, and ex- in travel expenses? Hey, you know, hey, private come, jets aren't cheap. This is my point. It, it, it makes me sick to my stomach, and then I... I you know, you read the reports that there is no food coming through. You've got the guys from the U.N. at the airport with Wi-Fi and fridges with cold beer because there's too much red tape and the security is not safe. We can't bring the food in. We can't bring any relief in. These people are dying and they're letting them die on purpose. Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 you can't not agree with that. Here's a clip I have of uh, the rapper who's formerly from Haiti out of Los Angeles. This clip came from ktla and it was a, this you know, is White, wyclef jean is what you mean the the rapper no this is one g this is a different guy oh one g okay sorry and so he uh went to haiti uh listen to this report but what's interesting about this guy took his own he took five jets of doctors down there on his own and and just listen answer ask yourself a couple of questions why wouldn't they let him land why you know why would they why were they holding the supplies and just play this uh, little report from uh, Los Angeles he witnessed injured people living together so you have someone with a severed limb that hasn't had treatment but someone in the local community tried to tie it up and there's blood everywhere and there's actually people laying around that stuff helping the quake victims is a cause near and dear to Wanji's heart he and his 10 siblings were born there his father was a general in the military so when he went there this week to assess the damage he brought along five jets filled with a hundred doctors and medical supplies. He 
says he was shocked by the chaos at the airport, though. First, the U.S. military wouldn't let his planes land. But thanks to his close ties to President Rene Preval, he was green-lighted to do so. Do you know that there were actually fights in the control tower, John? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a kerfuffle, uh, an actual physical fight, uh, people trying to get their planes in to land. Uh, it's, it's been crazy. Now the Australian Air Force has been called in to run the tower. I don't know why, but there you have it. And there's a horrible job being done by the U.S. government. I'm sorry to say that with what's going on down there. A lot of medical supplies aren't reaching the people. Then, once on the ground, he and the doctors had to deal with more confusion from the U.S. military and couldn't access their supplies for two days. And I think that that was the roughest part on the trip because some of our medical supplies stayed on that base for one day to two days. And that one to two days, you lost 5,000 people. Through all the frustrating red tape, Okay. He and his t- yeah, I mean, this, this, you hear this over and over and over again, and this is why I believe the whole hope for Haiti now is a huge distraction. By the way, not that these celebrities and actors and musicians don't have their heart in the right place, and I have a lot of respect for George Clooney, although, wow, could, you be, could it be more humbling, head-bowing, like, oh, please don't thank me. But anyway. You're talking about the sags? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, and, I want to talk about that yeah, later. But it's... It, it was a, it's a, it's like the meanest, and, and I had to check myself. I'm like, am I just nuts, or am, am am I now completely off my rocker, or am I seeing this incorrectly? That there is no aid going in yet. Reporter after reporter after reporter can get ta- taxi cabs, drive around, talk to these people. They just like Katrina, they've got flags out saying "Help us, we need medicine." It's all stacked up at the airport because of red tape. It can't come in. Doctors without borders being refused landing have to land 80, 90 miles away. They're letting these people die on purpose. It's like, why don't we have uh, wait until the rotting smell of dead flesh is gone, and then we'll go in. And start and then we'll start bulldozing it all to build the hotels. I mean, I just can't see it any other way. And the and the audacity to to have the money go to the two very very world leaders who f- screwed this country for thirty years. They they screwed it. It's documented. It's not like some big secret. It's not a big secret. They screwed it completely to the ground. And these are the guys you're sending your money to. Because we trust them with it? George Bush? Are you freaking kidding me? This is, it, it is an outrage. And then, you know, and, and I'm reading like MTV. So we can't get anything done, right? Oh, it's such a confusion. However, MTV News has its team of reporters being sent to Haiti to chronicle the recovery effort in the wake of last week's devastating earthquake. We'll be following their journey with tweets and emails and blog posts. And here it is, like Wednesday, 5.19 a.m. We caught an early flight to Miami and then a military flight to Guantanamo. From there, we'll get helicoptered into Haiti. Our mission, our mission is to follow a relief package. That's probably like a FedEx. From the U.S. into Haiti. We wanted to see what a relief effort looked like every stop of the way. And then it's like... I can't believe I'm on a Black Hawk helicopter. Ooh, so cool. It's disgusting. I am, I am disgusted that I even set foot in that place. They're a part of this whole freaking distraction to, to make you feel good. And you know, and I did a search on Twitter while this hope for Haiti, Mickey and I went out to a karaoke bar. I swear to God, we, we couldn't stand it. And uh, so I did a search and, you know, hope for Haiti as a hashtag. And, and, you know, and we're like, oh, it's so moving. Oh, 
It's lovely. I have tears in my eye. Oh, Madonna's performance was amazing. And do you feel better now that you sent $10 to Bill Clinton and George Bush? Do you sleep better now? Do you really sleep better? Why don't you really take a look at what's going on? It's, it's infuriating me. Backslash. Funny. So. <laughs> yeah, you think it's funny. You want, you want, you want to hear a great piece of audio um, from Fox News? Yeah. This really tells it all. And now remember, Fox News is run by the Democrats. Make no mistake. Uh, so this is uh, actually sent to me, uh, one of our producers, uh, Joshua. This is from the show Cashin' In. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a long clip. We can stop whenever you want. But you, you actually don't want to stop because you just can't believe what is being said. But this is the real truth as to what this is all about. Nearly a billion dollars. That is how much aid is heading to Haiti so far. Meanwhile, this Royal Caribbean cruise ship is at the center of controversy for continuing its business there. Tracy, you say maybe bring in more ships. Look, Cheryl, we have given a trillion dollars to Haiti since 1992. And what do we have to show for all that? The country is exactly where it was in 92 today. We need to help them sustain themselves going forward. We need private industry to come in so that this economy can turn itself around and they can get on their own two feet on their own. They can't continue to rely on donations from country like us. Mike, you know, major U.S. corporations are donating money themselves, more than $100 million so far. Yeah, but corporations like Royal Caribbean, they don't, they don't build new roads, they don't build, build sewer systems, they don't bring running water and electricity. The thing that's lacking in Haiti right now is an infrastructure. Why is Haiti so different than a place like Nassau, Turks and Caicos? That plus the, the government instability is a huge problem. So all of it fits together. Royal Caribbean, private business doesn't solve that problem. You have got to build an infrastructure with a stable government. So this is exactly what's happening. And this just goes on and on. It's fantastic because these you hear these people talk and they're like, "Yeah, you know, this is good." Exactly what you said, John. We need to give them some uh, some good jobs. You know, like waiting on tables and uh, cleaning, cleaning up uh, ho hotel cleaning. rooms and yeah. uh, swathing the deck of the Caribbean Royal Caribbean cruise lines. So they're just waiting for for the, every for people to die off. Well, but really, that, that really. swabbing too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But so but uh, you know what this is all about? What this is really about? Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! We've talked about the, the it, book. By the, well, yeah. it, so I was thinking about, you know, we, we, when the military, they, they jumped in there like fanatics. Yeah, and but, they, but they, they haven't actually the moved off of the base. They haven't. No, they're sticking around. I realized that they're, they, you know, they're so close to Cuba that the first thing they wanted to do is the U.S. had to get in there and take the place over militarily. So, so neither Cuba nor Venezuela are two hated, uh, you know, uh, adversaries. Adversaries would wouldn't come in there and start, you know, actually doing some real cleanup. And so that's probably the reason the military came in because this was not a, a military operation that was designed to help anybody. It was designed to lock down the place. And and they keep talking about food security and then you, but then you read every single report is of reporters who go in and there's like you know people are just trying to get trying to find water and food and work and uh, they're not you know they're not looting what's happening is there are rich rich people who've got food and they're shooting at people who come anywhere within a hundred meter radius of their compound this is this is imperialism at its brightest it really is. It's and and I and to believe that that the sheeple of the world, and oh my God, media people are the worst. 
that just is like, oh, we're so good. And every country, you know, the, all the media people got together and we stayed up for hours collecting money. <laughs> yeah, so well, you tired. know, the other thing that bu- bugged me about this show is that is they had a, if you looked behind, for one thing, there's no audience. They really put this thing together without an audience in mind. But they put, they made it look like a, like a PBS donation thing to, to appeal to people who really believe that that group of people on the phones is actually, you know, doing something. And they had the ringing, ringing, phone ringing, yes. ring, ring. Yes, completely produced. I mean, what they even had the bake-like phones. They had these phony, and yeah, they had. So here's an here. I got a clip. Apparently, now I'm thinking. Well, there's Reese Witherspoon. There's uh, Steven Spielberg. Yes, there's I, all these. Yeah. There's Billy Crystal. Are they actually taking calls and, and taking donations and writing and doing any real work? No, they're obviously just shills, as you will hear from the Reese on phone clip. Great. Well, this is Reese Witherspoon, and um, we really appreciate your call. You're calling in to donate um, for, for the Hope for Haiti program? Yes. Listen to the phone in the background. It's a, it's a, to donate. It's perfect timing. Yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. Wonderful. Well, um, we, um, we are going to have an operator get on the line and actually take your donation. Have you already spoken to an well, operator? Well, then what are you doing? Yeah, really. And, and do you hear the old-fashioned bell ringing? Yeah, the whole thing is is, is a scam. Up. It's a scam. And, and it's by a the loop. way, I've only I only saw two or three. That I saw her and I saw Spielberg, and both of them are constantly looking down at, at a, a piece of, sheet. At, a, at a piece of paper. I saw the same thing, John. I saw the Spielberg clip. Let's listen to more. This is fascinating. Yes, I have. Okay, great. And thank you so much for your donation. You you can't even imagine how much love and and great wonderful energy is here today and people are just doing everything they can to you know make a difference in these people's lives i'm just glad i could help out i couldn't donate a lot but what i did don't but what i could i did donate you know what that's the that's the greatest thing and i think it's the spirit of everything and the, the collective energy of everybody thinking you know that they can help and and i was just really appreciate it so thank you ian you're welcome very much all right god bless you thank you, you too. have a good evening all right bye What a crock of crap. Total. I mean, th- people don't realize that that is a sound loop that is running to make you, to mind control you. I mean, we've, we've already deconstructed this on the PBS telethons. There's no phone that makes that noise anymore. If, if, this was, if it was a real phone bank, it would be voice over IP because that's the only thing you can get in there quick. You know, it'd be a bunch of Ethernet cables, and these things don't make tring tring sounds. They don't make any sounds. No, they just they shouldn't make any sound at all unless you're trying to hype it up. Yeah. But what happens yeah. is, and I've been in these situations. You know, the call goes out. You know, it's it's like USA for Africa, another great initiative. Hey, how's Africa doing? Yay! Um, the call goes out. And it's like, oh, we're we're putting it together. George Clooney, George Clooney, crap! I got to be a part of this. You can't not go. You can't not go if you want to continue to work in that industry. Yeah, you know, especially you know when you mean? got somebody like George Clooney, who's a major producer. Yeah, of course. And, and, and so it, it's, a, it's a self-fulfilling type of prophecy. It's, it, it's just, oh, man. It's, it's, I, mean, I, I think the only person who actually probably wanted to go and volunteered and probably pushed their way into it was Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm no idiot. But uh, I just like to know, I'm just following the money. That's all I care about at this point. And I know we have uh, conservatively estimated 10,000 troops 
There's the UN, which, by the way, you know, it's like the UN peacekeepers. That's guys with with guns and helmets. Okay, they're blue, but it's you know peacekeeper. What the f- you know, people like the UN peacekeepers are doing such a great job. Yeah, pointing guns at people. It's not like they're there for for humanitarian relief. This this is a humanitarian disaster of epic proportions, and it's just. It's uh, in 10 years when we're still doing two shows a week, John, because we'll be like still well, making no money. We'll look back at this and we'll say, oh, hey, you know, why don't we do a, a, a Knights of the No Agenda roundtable at the uh, at the Porter Prince Clinton executive suites? <laughs> there will be there. It totally will be there. And you'll you will take the Royal Caribbean cruise lines over there and it'll be just like, you know, Jamaica where uh, everybody is enslaved to to the Western dollar. So, by the way, this, there's another thing that showed up. They, I don't know. They they s- dropped this in, you know, that Sanjay Gupta or whatever his name is. the uh, <laughs> Gupta. Gupta. Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay Personal Gupta. friend of Anderson uh, Cooper Vanderbilt. Yeah, apparently. And he's over there doing a lot of, you know, one, one off kind of uh, help. And that probably was doing stuff because he seems to be. He, you know what? I look, I look at his face and I can tell that he's going, holy crap, this is messed up. Because as a doctor, the, I think there's just certain things that are Im- embedded and ingrained. Yeah, no, he in seems DNA. awfully sincere to you, me, too. But, you, but no, you, no, he doesn't look sincere. He looks shocked. He looks well, like shell-shocked. sincerely shocked. So here's what, but there was a clip that, that Anderson, they were showing different clips, and they they played this Anderson Cooper clip, and it had a, a commentary in there that I wanted to bring up. Play Doctors Pulled Out. Uh, gotcha. Just lining the halls, no gauze, hardly any bandages, and very few IVs. This is jungle medicine. Apparently all the, the other doctors who only arrived today have now pulled out Dr. Sanjay Gupta to find himself uh, basically the only physician on site. Every 20 okay, or 30 on. minutes or so. Well, no, th- this is what happened the, the second day. We were talking about this on a yeah. previous show. It's like there were, there were 20 people in this in this tent, and someone came along and said, doctors, get out. The doctors get on the bus. They leave. And uh, Sanjay Gupta is the only one there with a stethoscope. And, well, yeah, right. We talked about this in in a short form on our last show. But has anybody has there been any follow up or investigation? Yeah, no, there, no, there was. And the I oh, saw okay. I saw a news article, and the UN says we didn't tell anyone to pull out. That wasn't us. So that's it. Someone's, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's as far it. as it goes. Yeah, but they got on a UN bus because I saw that right there. It's a part of that piece. They got on a UN bus and the doctors left. And then when queried, the UN says, "Oh, we didn't tell anyone to leave. We wouldn't do that. Oh, we did. We had nothing to do with that." So of course, I there's no whole other thing. I find it rather peculiar. <sighs> I, I mean, I'm I'm beyond the peculiar stage, John. I'm at uh, I'm at disgust. Really, I am. It's just it's unbelievable what's happening. No one is being helped, and I think the um, this when uh, Sri Lanka, um, um, what was the other huge disaster we had? But even Katrina was better than this. There's like there's like no 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 medical help being put in there, and all people. Oh well, we have to be very careful uh, uh, for food security, and we can't do airdrops because we have. Yeah, how crazy is this? They just did air, airdrops yesterday, and they had a, 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 a clip of it. It was a bunch of parachutes. I thought it was an invasion, and they didn't show where they were landing these things. It could have been a B-roll from someplace, for all I know. Yeah, but they, they were showing a. Well, airdrops. What, they, what I understood is 
we can't do airdrops and airdrops until we get troops on the ground to protect the the food that is dropped. Which what's the point of an airdrop if you got troops on the ground? It's like, Once I'm, you have the troops bring the food thank in. Thank you. That's my point exactly. <laughs> oh, there's no infrastructure. Yet there's taxi cabs driving journalists around from MTV who are twittering. It's why do we have why do we even have time to it's, put MTV news people into helicopters? Why do we even have time for that? This is this is a real emergency. <sighs> you know, I'm re- kind of reminded of the. Uh, there's a very interesting piece of Glenn Beck is running on the history. He's trying to prove that fascists and communists are the same. And some it's actually quite good. I'm gonna, I'll make a copy for you. Uh, but he br- he brings up the the kill off uh, the 10 million killed in the Ukraine by Stalin uh, story, where they basically just did it by starving them to death. Um, which is an interesting uh, Ukrainians will all know about this they just basically cut off your, the food and water for about a year and 10 million people died because you can't it turns out you can't live a year without eating anything well this is very effective it's uh, being done in, uh, in, in Gaza uh, it's, it's, of course it's a very effective system and, and, and by the way you know there's, there's I don't know how many I'm just going to guess maybe 40 to 50 battleships cruising around the coast of Haiti because they don't want anyone to escape. There are literally empty cargo planes flying out of Port-au-Prince. Empty. And we're not like taking uh, the the most severely wounded and sick to any other place. Hey, you know, it's fine, you know, don't don't bring them over here, please. You know, if you're if you're like dying and your limbs are chopped off from falling debris, just bleed over there, please. Don't don't bleed on our soil. Well, if you continue to play that Juan G clip, which you don't have to, but he yeah, no, goes on. I'd like on. to. I'd okay. like to. Hold on a second. Uh, I'll pick it up from where we left off. Team yeah. did manage to set up a 150-bed hospital and perform hundreds of operations, mostly amputations. However, one girl was in such grave condition, Juan G flew her back to the U.S. on one of his jets to be operated on. As for the death toll, he suspects we may never know the true number. It's very hard to know what the number is, even though you know it's a big atrocity because when people are burning bodies and then mass graves, I was at two or three mass grave locations where they weren't photo or IDing any of the people. Wanji has had a nonprofit organization on the island nation for the past year called One Dome at a Time. It's goal. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah, uh, well, well, there you have it. So Juan G can get in, you know, after being hassled at the airport, but he can. Well, he only get got in. in because he knows the president. They weren't going to let him land his five jets full of doctors. And that's really the only thing we need is doctors and supplies. We don't need infrastructure. We don't need guns. You know, there's no, there is no actual footage of of riots or anything taking place. These people are. It, 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 I think you're right. It is. It's right out of the playbook, John. It's just they're they're being starved to death. They're being they're being killed. This is worse than the earthquake itself. So they so the one uh, G says that uh, there's like huge piles of bodies that are they're just burning, burning. Them. but without even IDing them. In, in and there's in, a big mass graves that are just pushing people in there and covering them up. Yeah, without any IDing at all. Yeah, and and, and that's crazy that they did that in the Sri Lankan tsunami. They did that uh, all disasters. You're, I mean, the, 
I have no words for this. I really don't. And I, and I think I should stop because I'm just going to become a broken record. But this, I will not participate in this fakery. Anyone who thinks that they're, that, you know, you're just helping your conscience. Oh, I've done something for Haiti now. Okay, now I can go worry about my own job. So, uh, so in la- last night, the, there was the, uh, we had the Golden Globes and we had the Help for Haiti and then we had the, the SAG, SAG Awards, Awards, which were uh, on, a, on a cable channel last night, which I managed to watch. Yeah, I watched it too. I always love to watch all the self-congratulatory um, uh, well, there, there, was, there was there was one super super highlight, which was the uh, Sandra Bullock Betty White uh, induction. Yeah, no, Sandra Bullock is is turning out to be hilarious, yeah. and that was was a very good segment. But the thing that's still I'm still wondering, by the way, there's two things. Now you saw that the George Clooney wouldn't look at the camera; he was he head kept was looking bent down when people but, said, "Oh, but George, I'm you're wondering so great." Wh- whether he was being scolded. Interesting. When because when the head of the Screen Actors uh, Guild, uh, Ken, I can't remember his last name, but the actor, yeah. he came out and he says, "Well, hello, George. I'm glad, glad to see you can make it as you've been a busy guy." And he and he was kind of calling him out for you know saying that you know we should do something about Haiti. The thing that it, when it sounded like he was being complimentary or, or pro, you know, give money to Haiti, but there was seemed to be some other agenda there because Clooney would not look up. He looked like he was he was embarrassed. You know, it's interesting if you took a different. A completely different take at it, and you and and you you had knowledge that uh, the the guy who's the head of the Screen Actor Guild that he was basically the slave master, and uh, and Clooney is the slave. You could see it that way. Well, the uh, the only thing that makes me think that, besides the fact that Clooney would not look up under any circumstances, and he looked like he was he was being humiliated or ashamed of himself for doing something like maybe getting you know actors to work for nothing or something. Oh yeah, there's no residuals on the Hope for Haiti show. <laughs> Damn but you, Clooney, you screwed it. up again. There was something else going on because the the kicker, the thing, the real giveaway, the one thing you couldn't not notice. Nobody wore one of those ribbons. Nope, not a single one. I did, was, I, I noticed that. There was yeah, there was almost no mention of it. It's like the memo went out. Okay, look, there's going to be no mention of this Haiti thing tonight. Okay, because there was almost none, John. No, there was almost none. Very little. It wasn't anything. Where like Where were the days when you actually watched the Oscars or some of these award shows, waiting for some someone to go off and just go like, you know? screw this you know this is a scam we're all being mind controlled <laughs> where are those days remember when that used know, to happen yeah i know you happen all the time it, what bothers me <laughs> is the closest we come to that is the poor drew barrymore who apparently can't accept a, an award this graciously is her second fail in a row yeah second in a row she goes up there and she just falls apart yeah and doesn't know what to say, and she's just, which I've seen her on talk shows. She's very personal. She's not like one of these, you know, brain dead actresses that can't, you know, even talk to somebody. But she can't apparently take an award without falling apart. It's ridiculous. Well, it's really, really interesting when you when you look at Sandra Bullock and how comfortable she is, and the fact I don't believe she was on the Hope for Haiti Now show. She donated. Uh, she mentioned this on on the red carpet at the Golden Globe. She donated a million dollars to Doctors Without Borders, knowing that they are the real legit outfit that will really try and help people in Haiti. Um, but she also said during her acceptance speech, she said, you know, uh, I quit acting uh, six years ago because I was doing crap. I wasn't doing good work. And then I decided to go back and do auditions. And, and of course, now she's incredibly wealthy because she put all of her 
Um, you know, she worked for Scale on Crash, which was a huge hit, basically an independent film. She's no longer inside the system, John. That's what's really interesting. And she's the one who actually seems to communicate the best because she's not a part of this mind-controlled set. In fact, uh, I'd tell her she should probably look out, you know. She needs to be very careful. Well, <clears throat> yeah, she's I, – I, I've actually – uh, when she first hooked up with Jesse James, the tattooed biker that who's yeah. has a, he's a famous, uh, more of a personality than anything else. Yeah. It just turned her career around. It's probably cause the guy's got his head screwed on straight and he's like, uh, babe, you know, you got to stay away from these, these jabronis. Yeah, I think so. And uh, anyone comes Seriously. near you, I'm going to, I'm going to mess him up. You know, that guy looks like he's really sweet and sensitive, but you, you don't want him to unleash a can of whoop ass. So that's, yeah, that's he, good. he looks like a tough cookie. So she is a, I'd say she's a, she's a shining light amongst the dimness. Anyway, uh, I, I followed a lot of these things because, of course, uh, Gitmo Nation, Lowlands, you know, everybody got into it and they did their own telethon and they had Radio 555, which is a radio station. All the, all the, you know, we're all collaborating. There's no more competition between stations because we're all doing shows together and we're collaborating to raise money for Haiti. And meanwhile, Royal Dutch Shell will be the first ones there sucking it out of the ground. People well, if there's no oil idea. around there, it's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, okay, so I think we've given the audience a pretty good uh, impression of our thoughts on the matter. And uh, let, me, let me just say, we, we, we do this, we take this approach not to be contrarian, not because, well, we're not being paid by anybody, barely, but we do it because this is, the facts are, for us, are just there. It's so blatant. History shows what Bush and Clinton have done. It's written history. All we're doing is reading, essentially. And we do this in our in whatever time we have possible, uh, and it takes a long time to go through these things. And we and the only way we can do it is if you donate to this show. And we do have some donors from uh, this uh, last uh, week, uh, and I want to name them. Uh, Collins, Chris, and I think I, I'm allowed to do that. Uh, <clears throat> I don't see anybody saying this anonymous. Uh, Collins Christopher in Tokyo. He, uh, he says he's no agenda is his main source of news and entertainment while he does his Saturday a.m. house cleaning. Infotainment. It's infotainment is what it is. Give a 70. Uh, Bruce Klassen from Valencia, California, which is a place that uh, you can find a good Valencia orange or used to. I started listening last July when, when I lost my job. I wanted to donate sooner, but feeding my family came first. Thankfully, I finally landed a new gig that started this month. There you go. So, so here's another. Here's my five dollars a month back payment, thirty five bucks plus an extra fifty, just because wow. you guys more than deserve it. Thank you. I'm also starting a five dollar a month subscription. Please keep up the good work. And sorry that I'm late to the financial party. Bruce Class in. <laughs> Excellent. Really appreciate it. Catherine Raisbick uh, in uh, Queensland, Australia, uh, gave us 50, and she had some, she apparently had some, something going on with you. So uh, I'm not sure Who? what that was. What's her name? I, don't, I, don't, I guess you were emailing her. Oh, oh, from Australia. Yeah, yeah, Kate. Yeah, absolutely. She, oh, yeah. She's been, we've been back and forth. She's been sending me good links and stuff. You know, all listeners. Uh, of the program are also producers. We we rely on you, and it's the only way we can really get this news from around the world. And 
I will also say that I truly believe that listening to the, particularly those of you who are unemployed, hold on to your money, feed your family. I believe that when you listen to this program, your perspective, your outlook, your entire introspective changes. And when change like that happens, things like things happen, like getting a job. I I really believe in that stuff. So I'll take some credit for that. All right. 5115 from John Snyder, a palindrome. He says he's he's from Chicago. He says he's giving (laughs) this is a good one. He says he's giving us this money because he thinks he says, I think you guys are worse off than me. So quite possibly. Yeah, it could be. He's in Chicago. Oh, yeah. $51.50 from Mark Vandenberg, uh, who is uh, disappointed in all. Every once in a while, somebody slips in an Atlas Shrugged. I mentioned it. Atlas Shrugged uh, uh, pun, and we never catch it. By Ayn Rand. Yeah, I know. He had... Uh, by the CIA. Jammer scold, whatever, the pirate from the book, uh, Donate jo- Money. Yeah, but who cares? It. Well, the, when John you do the... Ca- yeah. right. John Catalano, $100 from House Springs, Missouri. Uh, long-time listener, cheapskate, first-time donor. <laughs> Keep up the entertaining request for funds. You're wearing us cheapskates down. <laughs> We're getting Show to them. 67 and having a music benefit for you guys. If either of you ever make it to Tokyo, he's, <laughs> he's in Tokyo. On the the pre-stream this morning, uh, we decided that uh, Mickey was going to do pancakes for the show. She's going to sell off pancakes to raise money for us. (laughs) Pancake breakfast. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he's actually in Tokyo. His old address is in Missouri. 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 5150. We got a lot of, for some unknown reason, got 5150, 5150, 5150. This one's uh, David Ernie in Mesa, uh, Arizona. And then I also want to rethank Gear... And uh, yes, our uh, associate executive producers, Dennis Gear, and Ian. Yes, Dennis uh, Cruz and uh, Ian Monroe for being our uh, executive producing team on this episode of the show. Yeah, that's good. We need a team every week. So if you'd so, like to donate, um, head on over to noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash NA or channel dvorak slash NA. Channel dvorak.com dot com slash NA. I'm sorry. And, um, uh, sign up for, uh, well, please donate as much as you can. Ring, ring. Hello, it's Reese. We really appreciate it. Um, but also join one of our monthly programs because it's these, uh, these smaller regular donations that are building a base that will, uh, that will, uh, be enough to buy our coffins. So the, uh, well, I don't think we would need one for a while. Uh, so anyway, at Dvorak.org slash NA, uh, noagendashow.com we we need your help and we need more of it because it's it's flat if not a little down yeah well like. if nothing else put some stickers up for us and and get other people to listen or make a, a, a dvd or a cd for somebody and give it to them say hey listen to these guys yeah it'd be worth your while yeah. now uh back to the the back to the show <laughs> i have and now back to real news I want to bring up real news. Something we talked about last week. I want to. I want to just. I, th- I was thinking about it since the sh- since the show. We talked about uh, Michelle Malkin being a Cointel Pro. Yeah, you want to explain what that is because I think a lot of people don't understand. It's a term. person who is planted by an, uh, a uh, intelligence agency, and they are used to uh, usually to push disinformation or to, or to, to help help twist. Uh, help spin a topic and uh the media is filled with them 
because, in fact, uh, Gina, I've brought this up before. She's talked about it. Gina Smith, uh, when she uh, very well known in the tech industry, uh, when she was she, approached by the CIA, was she not? Yeah, she was approached by the CIA to to take a job at the Associated Press or some newspaper, and to just be working there because she's a good writer and she was going to work and then they the job was she get this extra paycheck because they'd call her once in a while not too often and say here i want you to put this in piece of information out there and that would be your job to do that so we have to assume and i think you can easily figure out i think you can spot them yeah it's not that you hard you can spot them a mile away if you're looking I mean, I'm always skeptical about what anybody writes. Now, let's go to the Michelle Malkin thing. Now, the fact that she brought up this, this comment about Ron Paul out of the blue when Ron Paul's a darling of the right wing. So Ron Paul, just to reiterate, he came out uh, at a rally and said, have you heard? There's a coup. The CIA has taken over the uh, the military. The CIA is uh, uh, is basically running the Federal Reserve. They're running all the drug scams. The CIA has uh, – there's been a coup. He likes it. Have you not heard? There's been a coup. And then Michelle Malkin said, ah, you know, he's just a crackpot he's conspiracy a crackpot theorist. Kook. He's a kook from Texas. Well, so I was thinking about this. Now, now she has a book out that is a bestseller. And it's, uh, what the hell's the name of it? Um how the CIA paid me to say Culture cool of stuff. Culture Corruption, which is <laughs> oh. my wife fell in love with this book and thinks Michelle Malkin's great. And this book, Culture of Corruption, which is you might want to get uh, or take a look at and read. Oh, yeah. I dawned on it. It's, it is a, one of the biggest slams on because this brought me back to the CIA versus Obama battle that you theorized. I've got some more on, yeah. This book is a hit piece on Obama that is unbelievable. Now, I'm. I just dawned on me. There's no way that she could have written this book in the shorter period of time that she had to get the book done. It takes at least three or four months before the books even get to the. I mean, this book's been out for four months, and and this book she would have had to start writing this book sometime in early 2008. The amount of work that's in here. This book was obviously given to her by the CIA. Handoff. It was here. Look at all this stuff. Here, here, here. We got it. It's all documented. And then they just gave her a big pile of documents and said, they may have just written the whole thing for her for all I know. I'm not going to say that's the case, but it would surprise me. So um, I haven't picked it up yet, but I've read excerpts of this book, uh, Family of Secrets. I think we talked about this in the last show. Yeah. And this uh, takes the – I mean, the CIA is basically a Bush family invention. I mean, yet you have to understand where the CIA came from. Uh, you know, uh, George Bush Sr. ran the CIA for many, many years. So there's a lot of loyalty and there's connections, and it doesn't just pass over from one president to the next. You know, Clinton was working for uh, the Bushes. I mean, doesn't anyone find it odd that of all the guys we could choose, it had to be a previous president's son who's a goofball? Doesn't anyone find that odd? <laughs> I mean, of all of all the people you can choose, of all the people in in America who could be president. I mean, come on, get real, wake up, snap up to reality. So anyway, so I'm thinking that the Malkin book is probably, you know, it's actually more interesting if you think about it as like Cointel Pro. Yeah, it was Cointel Pro uh, because it's. I mean, I every time I I've. I've 
read pieces, bits and pieces from it, it's enough to make your blood boil. I mean, it's an extremely negative book about Obama. I mean, there's nothing quite like it out there. Well, uh, to counter that... And, and by can't... the way, she's a full-time writer. She's a blogger. She's on, on the road all the time. She doesn't have time. To, if you to look at the book. research that went into this book, there's no way she could have written it. Yeah. Unless she never sleeps. Is that possible? And, and how is she making money? Off of the sales of this book or off of her, her PayPal or off of her... I have uh, no idea how she makes money. Somehow we're not doing something right because we're not making money. And we're well, we to be working the CIA hard. would hand a book over to us yeah. that we could make yeah. a bestseller. I think I'd yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to watch uh, Meet the Press, which I always uh, record on the DVR. Because uh, apparently um, Valerie Jarrett was on. You know, whenever the president is like tr- in trouble, then Valerie Jarrett comes on, who is <laughs> who is a reptile to the max. I mean, just look at her face. I mean, she's t- complete lizard mouth. Uh, and the, and she and so I can't wait to watch it. And I'll have to pull some sound clips because she's saying uh, in this interview that the president has brought enormous change. I think what we've seen is a dramatic difference in terms of how the United States is perceived around the world. Obama's travels have established relationships with world leaders that lay a foundation for keeping America safe. He pulled us back from the he pulled back the economy from the brink of disaster. I saw uh, uh, Obama reading the teleprompter, and he couldn't say uh, precipice. He came down like precipice. 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 It's a big word. It's a big word, man. Precipice. It's a tough one. Well, if you think about precipice on a teleprompter and you see it coming up. It's, like, yeah, it's tough. You're like, oh, what was that word again? Precipice. Precipice. But he stumbled like twice. Precipice. Yeah, that, for precipice. you out there, all you out there who ever want to do uh, writing for uh, TV or broadcasting, don't use the word precipice no, on a teleprompter. <laughs> Just don't that, do That's it. why they've gone back to brink. It's much easier. It's much easier, easier. Yeah, for, like, for him to read. Brink, you can you can say it. So uh, staying on the, uh, I, I think that the CIA. I think this uh, maybe this is the reason why Michelle Malkin is essentially risking her cover as COINTELPRO, as in counterintelligence program, because Ron Paul is indeed basically now just saying the truth that there has been a coup. And maybe this is very much like the the business plot, uh, John, with the the Roosevelt business plot, where oh, the, where they where, the, where they were going to tr- push uh, uh, Roosevelt out of office. A great story, by the way. You can also find a copy of the uh, and links on the blog about the Roosevelt situation. And this is a true story because they tried to get the guy who said war is a racket. What was his name? Smedley. Smedley Butler. They tried to get him to lead a, a military coup. And then he basically blew the whistle and said, hey, no way. I'm not going to do this. So now instead of getting the military involved, they just have the CIA. And the CIA, they don't actually do the work themselves. They hire Blackwater. Blackwater, by the way, it's now been admitted that Blackwater is in Pakistan, you know, flying these drones and killing people. (laughs) Link in the show notes at noagendashow.com. U.S. finally admits Blackwater operating in Pakistan. These guys were never supposed to work for the work for the forces again. They even changed their name. They still call them Blackwater. (laughs) Was easiest to remember. That other name is hopeless. It's like when Prince changed his name to some symbol. It's like it's yeah exactly. That didn't work too well. (laughs) You know and. it's, yeah, the Blackwater guys are pretty uh, amazing. 
And the, you know, there's lots of rumors they're operating in Haiti. Wouldn't surprise me. Although I have no nothing to corroborate that or to really back it up, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. So I think that I I hold by my theory that there is a fight with the CIA. And you know, there's something else really really weird. You know, this whole um, Supreme Court decision. This we I think we need to analyze this more. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, my son was pestering me last week to uh, to probably uh, to start looking at it. And so, I, but I, I decided instead of talking about it on the last show, to to see what was coming down. That I wanted to see what the media, how the reaction was on both the left and the well, right. Well, the media love it because this means millions, hundreds of millions of dollars for the media. It. Yeah, Big, of course, yeah. because you know now now any corporation. Which could be domestic or foreign, by the way, and all these multinationals are just that. Anyone from the outside, now if you have enough money, you can put together a whole media campaign, or you could put together your own Hope for Haiti, um, and, and it'll be completely legal. You can say whatever you want about a candidate or about policy, and this is going to be a huge financial shot in the in the ass of uh, big mainstream media because that's why they're not going to say anything about it one way or the other. It's like, shut up already. This is good money coming in. Yeah, no, in fact, I've always believed that the media is – in fact, I've said this for at least 20 years – Every time somebody brings up campaign finance reform and public financing of, of, of these elections, yeah, they usually I was, lose. I say, how are you going to? How? What do you think the media thinks of this? I mean, one, once one editorial comes out, they'll just string the guy up or tar and feather him. I mean, the media, the newspapers get all the money for the from these guys. The TV stations get all the money from these guys. That's where does the money go when when you start p- pumping out you know campaign uh, promotion? It goes right to the media. They they clean up. Like there's no tomorrow. That's why they. I, I still believe that they're going to end the, the electoral process at some point, the electoral college, because I think that actually hurts. Hurts the that, media. It hurts the media because you end up with with states like California that are marginalized because we're always going to vote for a Democrat for president, which is generally true. So why bother putting any m- money behind the uh, you know promoting somebody because those electoral votes are already in the bag. So forget it. Let's just concentrate on Ohio, and so Ohio gets all the money. So at some point they're going to somebody's going to have to the, probably the media is going to have to get on the bandwagon and get rid of the electoral college with an amendment they can promote the heck out of it while they still have power. They only got a few years left one of the big newspaper chains just declared bankruptcy the other day the which one was that that guy that american media is the singleton the, the dean singleton guy um he owns like the san jose mercury news the the denver post he, just a slew of papers all his second biggest uh no i think we're gonna i think we're going to see those assets being purchased and there'll be new 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 news groups and there'll be it'll be the ministry of truth well, whatever the case is, they're going to have to do some. I mean, there's there's a bonanza waiting for the media with this with this like open the floodgates of spend as much money as you want. We are so stupid. We are so we could be so rich. I mean, think about it. We all we need to do is start and you know with this new ruling, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. We should just be taking money and producing all kinds of hit campaigns and. And pro stuff for this politician or that politician. Yeah, you know, we can still do that. (laughs) (laughs) If we don't get enough donations, we will. (laughs) And and we'll be pretty honest about it. Yeah, we'll be real honest about it, and we'll take anybody's money. So, But but uh, what's, um, there's the 10.30, three minutes late. Isn't that something? But what's what's even crazier is that this ruling essentially cements uh, something you've 
um, talked about before is that the corporation is now not only equal to a human being as an entity according to the law, but is actually above that, is above the law. Yeah. Has, all of, has all of the rights of, a, of, a, of an individual and then some can do whatever it wants. Yeah, the day until they start uh, taking a company that says poison the earth and take the executives, and the shoot CEO, them. and take the entire board of directors and take take them out and shoot them. Yeah. Until that happens, which would happen to a person doing the same thing, an individual yeah, gas chamber. They would until they see that, and they they have more rights than a person. Let's just listen to the president for one second with his weekly address about this, because he's he's clearly irked. One of the reasons I ran for president was because I believed so strongly that the voices of everyday Americans, hardworking folks doing everything they can to stay afloat, you can take that to the bank. Heard over the powerful voices of the special interests in Washington, and the result was a national agenda too often skewed in favor of those with the power to tilt the tables. Now listen. So of course he's got to lie so he can talk about this. <laughs> in my first year in office, we pushed back on that power by implementing historic reforms to get rid of the influence of those special interests. On my first day in office, we closed the revolving door between lobbying firms and the government so that no <laughs> one in my administration would make decisions based on the interests of former or future employers. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. That's the biggest lie there is. It's like the whole his whole operation is lobbyists. It's the it's the you lie. Just say it. I guess if you say it enough times, people. Oh, okay. There's no more lobbyists in Washington. Yeah. Okay. The president said it must be true. We barred gifts from federal lobbyists. Oh, okay. No oh, gifts. Barred gifts. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I I can't accept your candy <laughs> <laughs> on the jet. T-shirt. <laughs> no, not for me. No. Executive branch officials. We imposed tough restrictions to prevent funds for our recovery from lining the pockets of the well-connected. It's, it's just, it's like, it's amazing. For two years, we've been, every week, we call it Shadow Puppet Theater. Every week, we show you exactly where the lobbyists are, who they are, what they're doing, and the, and they leave and they go off and they, it, it is, it, the revol revolving door is now, it's electronic. They don't have to push it. It has a, a sensor. You just walk up and it's like, whoop, start spinning. In you go, out you go, in you go, out you go. Enjoy your experience. Instead of creating jobs for Americans, and for the first time in history, we have publicly disclosed the names of lobbyists and non-lobbyists alike who visit the White House every day so that you know what's going on in the White House. Yeah, no, it's only a partial list. Another lie. Yeah, it's a, uh, that's a blatant lie. That's a blatant lie, yeah, okay. The People's House. Oh, the People's House, right, because anyone can gatecrash it. We've been making steady progress. But this week, the United States Supreme Court handed a huge victory to the special interests and their lobbyists. So help me out here, John, because this is very, very interesting. He's now he's basically saying, oh, the special interest, the lobbyist, Supreme Court bad. I, I got to think this is part of the script. But let's just he does look very. Maybe this is the other Obama. I don't know. This one looks tired and a powerful blow to our efforts to rein in corporate influence. This ruling strikes at our democracy itself. By a 5-4 vote, the court overturned more than a century of law, including a bipartisan campaign finance law written by Senators John McCain and Russ Feingold that had barred corporations from using their financial clout to directly interfere with elections by... So what is the point of him uh, propping John McCain and Feingold in that? 
I don't know. He does that all the time. He just he does that to indicate it's bipartisanship. I, I yeah, I, I think it's just that. It's just a. It's just a. It's like a. It's fake. Running advertisements for or against candidates in the crucial closing weeks. This ruling opens the floodgates for an unlimited amount of special interest money into our democracy. It gives the special interest lobbyists new leverage to spend millions on advertising to persuade elected officials to vote their way, or to punish those who don't. That means that any public servant who has the courage to stand up to the special interests and stand up for the American people can find himself or herself under assault come election time. Even foreign corporations can now get into the act. I can't think of anything more devastating to the public interest. The last thing we need to do is hand more influence to the lobbyists in Washington or more power to the special interests to tip the outcome of elections. All of us, regardless of party, should be worried that it will be that much harder to get fair, common-sense financial reforms or close unwarranted tax loopholes that reward corporations from sheltering their income or shipping American jobs offshore. It will make it more difficult to pass common-sense laws to promote energy independence. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So uh, I, think blah, blah, that, yeah, blah. I think he's, he's taking the stance to be, oh, I'm so against it, but he's probably really happy. He's probably really digging it because who's going to be spending money on him and uh, remember – we have a very, very important uh, uh, year coming up where the Democrats stand to lose a huge, you know, their their majority in the in the House uh, and in the Senate, and this is wow! It seems like just in time to me. Yeah, there's something in. Uh, I agree because and who owns thing, the media? He's it's, the one who promised to use public funding or something for the election against yeah, uh, McCain. Yeah. And, so and he didn't. He, he didn't. And then he bailed out, and then he got all the, he got more money than anybody else, and nobody knows where it came from. Supposedly five dollars a piece from everybody in the world. When I think it was like you know, God, you know, you could if you know what you're doing. And he's from Chicago, and he's got a bunch <laughs> of Chicago people. I mean, they know how to funnel money in, so you can always get the money. But now anyone can get the money. I think he's probably. Uh, I think he has mixed feelings about it. No, you know, this I, also- I, I think he, this is just part of the script to say, oh, it's the evil dudes. But really, it's going to behoove him and his and his party. Him in particular, yeah. And he needs it more than anyone right now. You know, people are like not happy with his performance. So this is really something that he needs right now. And he's sitting there going, "Oh, it's so bad." And, and who was it again that's on his board of advisors? Uh, Imolt is his name, I believe, from NBC. Yeah, General Electric CEO. And you know, and and who and so who were the Supreme Court justices who voted for this? Well, all I know is is that, uh, our buddy Clarence Thomas was all for it. Monsanto. You just watch; they're going to step it up. You know, now that the, the gig is up on PBS, now that everybody knows that they just take advertising and commercials, they got to do this for real. They really got to go in and sponsor these shows. I was watching this. Uh, this, you know, we, we, I, I haven't gotten clips from it yet, but they keep bringing on this one writer. The second time somebody sent me, one of our producers sent me a, a note. This guy who wrote the book Denialism. And oh yeah, yeah. He's that, he's on PBS, right? The guy came, they brought him on again as though he wasn't already on in November. How many times are they going to bring the same bonehead on? He's same, but annoying person. This guy with a with a very high pitched voice. <laughs> goes way up there. In fact, I broke a glass. But whatever the case, he comes on. But at the beginning of this of this of the podcast or the PBS thing, there's literally an actual on the NPR website. There is a commercial on there. What for Monsanto? 
No, not for Monsanto. It's just for one of these. But it's a real commercial. But it's a real commercial. It's not like you know, brought to you by or sponsored by or underwritten by. I mean, it's like a commercial. It's like a thirty-second spot. Uh, Let me find that for a second. Uh, I had it here because I, I didn't want to play it because I was like, I, I, I I didn't even listen to the, uh, to the clip because I knew what it was. I thought it was just like a repeat of the of that one guy. No, it's slightly different because in the other one he was going on. What I thought was funny. He gives a spiel about denialism, and so they start taking calls. (laughs) The first call they get is from some pro lifer who goes into a rant about how everyone's denying the fact that the baby is when he's just a little bitty thing still actually alive. Yeah, he's yeah, actually alive. That's, That's denialism. Funny. And she said, I'm glad that you wrote this book. But you know he's like just on the opposite side of this argument. And, and this guy just was cracking up. It was so funny to listen to the uh, guy have to kind of swallow his uh, words. This was the uh, denying science could be dangerous. Is that the Yeah, one? oh, it's dangerous. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, we have to. Uh... The science is in. Yeah, for some reason, the page isn't loading, so we'll have to. Typical. They're like, oh, 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 there's no agenda crackpots. They're going to play it. Oh, they're going to play one of our commercials. Oh, quick. Squelch it. Limit. Don't let them access the site. Uh, I think we're pretty low on the watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Something that came in uh, today from Gitmo Nation East, just to show you how the Ministry of Truth uh, really operates. You recall David Kelly, who was the uh, the weapons inspector, who blew the whistle on the fact that there really were no weapons of mass destruction that Saddam Hussein could access or activate within 45 minutes and terminate everyone in the Western world. And uh, he uh, suicided himself with a uh, butter knife <laughs> in the woods. What? Don't you, remember, you remember that, don't you? I don't remember being a butter. I guess uh, maybe it was I a blunt remember. knife. No, it was a blunt knife, oh, and okay. it, and it was in his uh, a blunt gardening knife, and he was apparently uh, tried to cut like a really weird uh, artery. The uh, here it is. Uh, so Hutton, who was the doctor, who oh no, is the was in charge of the investigation, concluded Doctor Kelly killed himself by severing the. Ulnar artery in his left wrist after taking an overdose of prescription painkillers, which, of course, is very difficult because that artery is very small, difficult to access. You know, say he bled to death really slowly. But now um, the the government in the United Kingdom, which, of course, is now part of the United States of Europe, has uh, determined that the post-mortem... Uh, on Dr. Kelly's death, uh, shall be sealed for 70 years. What? <laughs> 70 Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> okay. 70 years. Why? It's, well, because it's private information. We don't want anyone to, you know, it's not... It's, shut up, slave. Well, the whole thing was suspicious to begin with. The guy's the whistleblower. He makes it, you know, this is, you know, back in the, uh, why did we go to Iraq era? I love it. Era. Yeah. And then, so he does that. And the next thing you know, he's out in the woods killing himself for some unknown reason. With, with a butter knife. With a butter knife. And now they sealed the this thing for seven years. And nobody in Great Britain ever said, no wonder we're not getting any more. I think we've been cut off. I th- we haven't I th- gotten a, a good donation from England for years. No, you know what it is? is they, they've all got that anthrax in their heroin over there. It's like, it's like people keep dying away. 
Okay, so let's discuss that topic. What, well, you want to do the the commercial from uh, I got NPR loaded. Just want oh, to listen. To that? Play the commercial. Which was it? Was it the denying science could be dangerous? That one. The new one, yeah, it just came out a few days ago. That was at the top of that website. Is there a commercial right on your page right there? Click on it. Uh, or try to play it. I'm going to try and play it right now. Uh, here it comes. Support for NPR comes from Sci-Fi, presenting Caprica, a new original series. New episodes every Friday at 9, 8 central. More at sci-fi.com slash Caprica. I'd call that a commercial. It sounds like a commercial to me. For, for a TV show. Yeah, for a TV show. This is not an underwriter. Uh, what would it, would anyone support. underwrite? Would somebody in the media underwrite the competition? And on this page, uh, on the webpage, the Visa Signature Card, instant access to dozen of, dozens of perks. And then underneath it says, become an NPR sponsor. Hey, let's become a sponsor. Who does it that. say sponsor? Yeah, it says sponsor. Corporate sponsorship. Oh, why don't you get, why don't you follow up on that? Maybe we can. Will we be, have the have the show begin with? Oh no, dude. What you're about to hear is garbage. So, Listen to No Agenda at the NoAgendaShow.com. <laughs> no, this is great. Why don't we call him up? Call John King at two zero two five one three two zero nine three and just ask if you can advertise. Just say I'd like to buy a couple spots. Just, just play it like that. Doesn't matter. You know, just like, yeah, hi. Um, I'm calling. We have a new product, and we'd really like to advertise this. We buy some spots from you, and maybe some uh, host endorsements. Would that be possible? Just a couple. Uh, so before we get to uh, the heroin, because that, of course, is another one of our favorite topics, I do need to play this clip from the European Union. Uh, this is uh, European uh, Parliament, Strasbourg, dateline, I believe, January 20th. This is uh, Godfrey Bloom from the UK Independent uh, Party, and uh, he deserves uh, some form of uh, medal in my book. Okay. Here we go. Oops. Uh, play. Mr. Bloom, for one and a half minutes, please. Well, Mr. President, of course, uh, you can tell I'm a scarecrow because I don't dress like a scarecrow. Uh, I fought my way through the blizzard in Copenhagen, like many of you did. Uh, interesting, isn't it, that we've had the coldest winter so far on record in London for 30 years. It's the same in Poland. It's the same in uh, Korea. It's the same in China. Uh, we've had the coldest temperatures in Florida, Arizona, Texas, the first snow in Texas, I think, for 100 years. And, of course, as Charles Corrin of the London Times said, my goodness, me, my goodness me, and we simply don't get it, of course, of course, that's what global warming is all about, we've got to get used to freezing temperatures. Well, we've seen the Al Gore hockey stick, which is still, I gather, being shown in London uh, state schools, Al Gore, snake oil salesman, crook. Yay! <laughs> Let me just play that again for you. There's like another 30 seconds. He just got, I just wanted to stop on the Al Gore snake oil salesman crook. Beautiful. Being shown in London uh, state schools, Al Gore, snake oil salesman, crook. We've seen Professor Jones from the East Anglia University, crook. And now, you won't know about this yet because it's been kept out of the public domain, the New Zealand National Climate Database, and I have the figures here, all fraudulent. When are you all going to wake up? Scam, scam, scam. I love it. Senor Bloom. And he's taken on the meme, except he only did, th he did the magic three, but I think it has to be scam, 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 and scam to compete with... Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote! for jobs 
So, uh, as an aside, kind of a real news aside, I want I want somebody to document for me. Uh, and this came up, you know, that there's a woman comic that was on the uh, SAG Awards uh, accepting her award. And she if, if you play the woo uh, clip, uh, uh, listen at the very end when she gl- gives a award. Oh, no, it's funny because I sat on the couch. I knew exactly what it is. And I said to Mickey, I said, when you win the award, do not do that. That is, that is wrong. Paul Chuck and Ian Brennan and Ryan for pitching into our strike zone every week, and we thank them so much. And, of course, you don't do this in a vacuum. We want to thank our crew who do uh, in 10 days what should take a month and a half. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Okay, that was it. That, that, when did women start like, doing that bothers, shit? You see it all the time. You see it when you watch sporting events and yeah. they shoot. The, the, yeah. When did women start go, doing that war yell? Woo! Like that, only, you know, in a high-pitched woman voice. When did that begin? Because when I was a kid, I swear to God, I don't remember ever seeing no. women going, woo, no. like no. that. No, it's it's wrong. It is uh, not feminine. It is not sexy. And it's just wrong. What, when did it start? I don't. I think with Howard Dean. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah. No, it's, it's funny. I, I I saw the same thing. I was like, "Oh man, don't do that. That is that is so bad. Do it like Sandra Bullock. She was great. She's like, I I I love my I love my man. He's hot. <laughs> that's did. what that's what I want to hear. You maybe you go get that award. You tell everyone I'm hot. Well, I just like to somebody out there who listens to this uh, uh, show to document for me when this became a thing to do. This what? I think I've got to mark that particular little bit. <laughs> when did that become a thing to do? I, I'm just baffled by it. I, I, it might have started with uh, Chippendales or something like that, but it, 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 there must be some cultural thing. Maybe in some movies or something that that started. I agree. It's weird. It's definitely weird. Let me just uh, stay in the uh, Gitmo Nation East for a minute. Uh, police plan on using military-style spy drones. Yay! Uh, yeah. This is really good. I so, know, uh, of course, it's for security for the 2012 Olympics. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course, they'll never stop flying. They're over the States all the time, by the way. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, no, no. There's, uh, there's, we have documented footage of them launching it in Texas. See, you know, mm-hmm. they have, they have, a launch of one of these drones. Well, you can't see them. When they get up there, you can't see them in the sky. They're so small. No, no. but I think but that, they can uh, still blow you out of the water. Well, they, I don't know if they have actual weaponry on board. Yeah, why not? Uh, they might. Here's the way it would work. So, uh, General, the, uh, the situation occurred, and you had a drone over it, and you couldn't stop it? No, sir, we don't have any weaponry on board, the domestic things. Domestic drones. Why is that? It would, wouldn't it have come in handy if you would have had a weapon on it just even for an emergency purpose? Yes, sir, I guess it would. I mean, it seems to me that you'd rather have the guy say, well, yes, we have a, a weapons on there for an emergency purposes, and you save the world from destruction because you used it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't yeah. believe these things are unarmed. Uh, you know, you're so right, John. We have not had a donation from the uh, United Kingdom in a while, and... Uh there's a lot going on. It uh, looks like they're bringing back the prison ships since the prisons are all overloaded. Um, 
the UK's floating jail, uh, HMP Weir, might be coming back. They, so they can, uh, instead of releasing offenders early... Put them on a boat. Put them on a boat. That's right. Put them on a boat. Have them, have them send the boat around. to Australia. Here's, uh, here's something that we did not hear about in the news because of the Haiti relief efforts. Uh, there's a group called... What are they called? Um, I'll find it. Uh, here's the, here it is. Uh, 42 people arrested at the Capitol in day of action to denounce Obama's broken promises on Guantanamo. Uh, in a dramatic protest, 42 activists with witness against torture were arrested this afternoon at the U.S. Capitol. Most of the arrestees had been fasting since January 11th. I hadn't heard any of this. Oh, of course not. And uh, they were in the Capitol. They have orange uh, prisoner suits on. They were, you know, but these are like you know, older people. Like there's a grandmother who was arrested. Yeah, they probably thought Obama was going to stick to his word that the first thing he was going to do was close Gitmo. Well, of course, on the, in, in, in a bizarre, twisted, sick sense, he actually announced that we're keeping Gitmo open on the exact day that it was supposed to be closed. <laughs> the exact day. It's like, oh, we, 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 we've got to keep it open, you know. It's really good for Haiti, you know, because we need, it's close by. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's close by. So, uh, you know, there's still like, and uh, we didn't even talk about the, you know, now the news has come out that these these three prisoners who apparently had committed suicide actually were tortured to death. And then uh, let's not even mention about uh, I guess it's Bagram in Afghanistan where there's 600. This is this is Gitmo supermax supersized 600 prisoners in there. So we're just going to keep it all. How come he didn't mention that in his uh, weekly address? No, no, he doesn't no. feel. Like I mean, it. if it was a lion anyway. Why, you know what, they, if, if I were those guys, I would have just said, yeah, we closed it. No one's going to go check. <laughs> no one's going to check. Just said, why don't you just lie about that, too? No, we closed it. Yeah, it's closed. Yeah, what's your problem? Well, there's just a couple people there just calling, hanging out, you know, just yeah, to it's just a maintenance crew. Maintenance crew. Yeah, maintenance. Flush the toilets every other day. You know, there's nothing. What are you talking about? Give me a break. It's closed. <laughs> Did we, am, yeah. I, am I mistaken, John? Did I remember, didn't we have an invasion of Haiti, Port-au-Prince at one point? I think this was during Bush. And uh, the media was actually waiting on the beach when the when the Marines arrived on the beach. Do you remember that? I don't that? remember that, but it's, that wouldn't surprise me. Because keep, that keeps bugging me in the back of my mind. Like, didn't that happen in Port-au-Prince? And the media was literally there, and the Marines arrived on the beach in their, in their rubber boats. And, and it like, always reminds me of, the, of, these, of these documentaries where the guy is out in the middle of nowhere, and he says, ah, oh, I'm the first person to come up, climb up this mountain. And, he, and there's a cameraman following. He was already following, up there. Yeah, exactly. oh, you're the first person. The camera guy is the first person. <laughs> All right. So uh, now over to the uh, anthrax and the heroin. Now 15 cases confirmed in Scotland um, of anthrax in the heroin. That wouldn't be very good for you. And I'm just trying to think uh, what this is. Well, it's anthrax in the heroin. Now, there could be a drug war going on. Because, well, well, we had know, deworming, um, we we had had deworming, deworming stuff in coke. We had the goop in the cocaine, and now we got anthrax and heroin. And these two groups of people who, who really are behind the heroin trafficking is not the same 
No, no, because the, the cocaine comes from uh, South, South America, America and, right. uh, and so that's pretty much been deemed very, very dangerous and is killing off its fans. And, uh, and so you're right, maybe you know, the, the, the war is now, oh, yeah, you're going to mess with our supply? Take that, bitch. We're going we're gonna to put some anthrax in your shit. It doesn't even have to be true, just the news alone. But, I mean, I, I love the line like, Dr. Colin Ramsey, consultant epidemiologist at Health Protection Scotland, said... Heroin users across all across Scotland need to be aware of the risk their supply may be contaminated. <laughs> I w- <laughs> they should seek medical advice urgently. Call your doctor. If they experience signs of infection, such as redness and swelling of an infection site or high fever. Dude, you're on heroin. Okay? <laughs> it's like, uh, I would urge all drug users to stop using heroin immediately and contact local drug services for support. Oh, oh, this could be a push to get them on the, on the legal stuff. Yeah, maybe it's possible. But I like I think the idea of a true drug war is probably true. It's I it's, like it. It's the Cokes against the, the the it's the C against the H. We've got to come up with a meme for that. It's yeah. the it's the it's the, uh, what is it? Horse. So we've got uh, heroin is horse. What is Coke? What's a It's the pony. It's the pony against the horse. Isn't it the white pony? No, the Don't white you ride pony the white is pony? heroin. What's uh, Hold on. Let me ask the expert. What's uh so I don't think is there horse. is a good uh, secondary moniker. Argot, street argot for cocaine. Like a street name for coke. Oh, let me just look it up while he's asking the expert. Street. Donald Duck? That's the, that's the hey, chat. Apparently Donald Duck. Donald Duck? Donald Duck is apparently street slang for coke. It's the <laughs> duck against the horse. I don't think that's common. I'm looking at argot.com, the dictionary. <laughs> ask, your do- ask your doctor if anthrax-laced heroin is right for you. You okay, may experience the- suicidal tendencies. If you go to argot, A-R-G-O-T, which uh, is a word Charlie, meaning. Charlie. Charlie. And you go, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie is, I don't know. Here, drug slang. Okay. <laughs> we're hey, on the here, here, Here's a quiz for you. And okay. bring Ricky in on this. I'll t- here, t- <laughs> tell me what quiz. these are. Ready? Okay. okay. Uh, John's going to do a quiz. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let, let me turn off the noise gate so I can hear. Hold on a second. Hold on. Where's the friggin' gate? Okay. All right. What? Okay. Okay. What's an Abe? What's an Abe? What? An Abe. A B E Abe. A B E Abe. Yeah, she doesn't know. Eh. Yeah. Five dollars worth of drugs. That's, that's what five, it means. That's five dollars worth of. Oh, dude, we don't do five dollars, man. We go for AD. the fifty. A D. What's A D? A D. Yeah. AD is, uh, I don't know. PCP. You're not very good at this. Okay, here's one. What's Adam? Adam. Adam? Yeah, like you. Like me. <laughs> and Adam is like a really good high. MDMA. Oh, Adam is MDMA? Did you know that? No. No. She doesn't know that. Slip me a Mickey. Uh, Slip me a Mickey. Yeah. It's opium. African bush. African bush. Oh, wait a minute. I know. <laughs> I know this. I know this. This is Beyonce. <laughs> it's marijuana. Uh, uh, here's one. Uh, An Alice B. Toklas. Alice B. Toklas has got to be something with LSD something. It's a marijuana brownie. Dude, we just say marijuana brownie. <laughs> well, you're looking for these. Some, Alice B. Toklas. 
Okay, let me go to the D's. There's like thousands of the B. What's a BJ's? BJ's. Hmm. I wouldn't know. What's a BJ, honey? (laughs) 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 It's the same. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It's the same thing as a baby T. Okay, we give up. It's the same thing as bad. Dude, we don't know. It's the same thing as ball. It's, (laughs) It's an eight ball. Crack. Dude, we don't know because we don't do drugs. Apparently. No. Like, you don't you're even the know expert. what black gunji is. Yeah, black gunji is uh, hashish. Okay, so let me look up Donald Duck. Yeah, I bet you Donald Duck is right. Curry powder, do you know what that is? No, I don't care. Curry either. powder, it's a really good spice. You should try it on your chicken. There's no Don. <laughs> there's no Donald Duck listed. And because you're looking at some lame-ass CIA list. Here's another one. Here's one. Double bubble. A double bubble. That's a great chewing gum. That's co- that's cocaine. <sighs> All right, I don't know where these terms come from. Uh, What's a dove? Here's a dove. Is a thirty-five dollar piece of crack. <laughs> a dove? Yeah. I'm gonna try that on the street tomorrow. Hey man, you, hey, man, got, you got a, a dove? dove? You got a hit, hit me with a dove, baby. I need a dove. Dove. Uh, the chat anyway, room suggests we. Uh, the chat room suggests we do this test with Bill Clinton. We might get better results. Argot.com. <laughs> what is it? Argot, A-R-G-O-T dot com. You can get right. the list yourself. Anyway, so I, I, like, I like that theory, John. I think that there may be something to it. Because there's no, there's no reason. I mean, there's no reason for, for these guys to be poisoning their supply. And we, you know, no, that's not going to help the costing, business. It's costing a lot of money to, you know, to, to get the good stuff in here. <sighs> okay. So I got a couple more clips and then we can finish. No, yeah. Because you want to keep it to an hour and a half. And here he goes again. Let's do some more clips. What? We're past our hour and a half. Oh, well, then let's get these clips out of the way because yeah. there's something here. We're here. We're, during all the stuff that's going here, you know, one of the things that's one of the greatest events in the world is a World's Fair, or World's Exposition. What? They, they have them in they, Paris. They still got them? In the past. Oh, yeah, they still crop up every once in a while. And there's one in Korea, like, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And, you know, we've had a few in the United States, none recently because we've got nothing to show off. So you'd think that if some country that has something to show off and wanted to drop just hundreds of millions of dollars into a world's fair. That would be China. Gonna, you'd think it'd be China and you'd think we'd know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play, play China clip two. With a little over 100 days to go until the official opening of the Shanghai World Expo, workers lined up Monday to look at their construction efforts so far. Officials say 90% of the construction work is complete. Monday marked the 1,000th day after the expo site broke ground. As it is 110-day countdown to the opening of Shanghai Expo, we gathered all the constructors and management staff from all the construction departments for the last phase of work to ensure that we will finish the construction amount of 1.1 billion yuan in the last 110 days. All buildings are expected to be ready for late March for test runs before the opening ceremony. Wow. March. Yeah, we got to go to this thing. You ought to see these buildings they're putting up. They're unbelievable. Huh. Yeah, because why would we even know this in the United States, even though Shanghai is actually a pretty easy trip, especially from the West especially Coast? Especially since they, uh, like, own us. Yeah, so no. Yeah, shouldn't, no they be sending a, shouldn't China have a newsletter or something? 
Well, like we're gonna, like, like we're, well, we're doing it for him. Of course, we haven't got any donations from anyone from China ever. And we, and we do have, uh, from time to time, I think someone from China listens, uh, is, in the, is in the chat room. But I think, you know, just like your bank, you know, when you borrow a lot of money from your bank, they send out a newsletter. Yeah, we need a newsletter from can, these guys. Can, now, can jack into our Google accounts and I think just the send Chinese it? are going out of their way to insult us with these various announcers who, who speak pidgin English. I mean, there are people that speak fluent English in China, believe me, and they should be doing these broadcasts. I want you to, I want you to play clip three, China three, and tell me what this woman actually says. China's central bank, the People's Bank of China, lifted its benchmark one-year bill yield higher for the first time in five months Tuesday, sending a clear signal that its monetary fine-tune was well on the road. It also sold record high 200... <laughs> this is like Tokyo Rose. Hello, you G.I. Joe. Ah, yes, you want to make love to me tonight? Yes, come on. I'm at the, the bull market. Chinese is up 25. Fine. Billion yuan of 28-day repos earlier Tuesday. Your repos are on Tuesday. Market analysts say the move is aimed to enhance liquidity soak up in view of the huge credit granting expect. I, I think we have to play this backwards. I think there's, I think there's <laughs> hidden liquidity messages. Soak up. I think there's hidden messages in this. Although you doing that that horrible Chinese accent is not going to do us any good with our Chinese listeners. No, are you kidding me? The Chinese are probably like, God, they're embarrassed about this crap. I mean, this is this is dumb. This is what people think of us. Look at these buildings we're putting up over here. ...and the large fund release on open market. She's a robot. That's what she is. She's not... She's terrible. It's a, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> this is what you need to do. So what was it? She said uh, the bull market is... Liquidity up. soak up. Liquidity soak up. Okay. So all you got to do is you do the mouth, John. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just, hold on, why isn't it doing that? Here we go. You do the mouth, and here we go. The bull market is up liquidity, so a cup. <laughs> I misspelled soak. How sad is that? Okay. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really work, The does bull market is up liquidity, so a cup. That's what it is. Yeah, She's yeah. a robot. Well, I don't know what she is, but she stinks. Nice. So, uh, got anything else? Or are we done? Let me just check. Um, yeah. So uh, we talked briefly about uh, Bernanke. Looks like they're having some trouble actually uh, confirming him. Yeah. And, good. Yeah, but it's it's really interesting because half of the I guess the Senate confirm, confirms him. Half of the, the Senate is saying uh, he was responsible for the crisis. The other half is saying he pulled us back from the brink. Because we can't pronounce precipice. Well, you know, Obama's a big fan of his for some unknown reason. Hey, Obama, note this. It was a Bush appointee. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to get him out of there unless, unless Obama's handlers are telling him that, no, but Bernanke's got to stay. Uh, your so social network chit-chat could have an impact on your credit. Creditors apparently are now checking out what you post on your Facebook and Twitter accounts. This according to uh, creditcards.com. They use a company called Rapleaf, who monitors what people tweet or post on Facebook, compiles what it calls social graphs of your likes, dislikes, strengths, and weaknesses. It's a SWOT analysis. And they're using this to determine if you're credit worthy or not. Well, I'll be using cash. Jeez, it's terrible. 
Yeah, I, I think that. Well, we've talked about this before. Don't don't post stuff. Don't put up pictures. Don't do this stuff. It's not good. Uh, Angel Island, I thought, was just an interesting proclamation amidst all of this, uh, and I'm not quite sure why it just piqued my interest. You know of Angel Island? Yeah, over here. Yeah, that's like the Ellis Island of the West. Yeah, I can see it from my house. Uh, so on January 20th, uh, the president proclaimed. January 20th, National Angel Island Day. Why? <clears throat> well, I don't know. That's why I thought it was kind of interesting. It was because, because he literally says, As unlike immigrants who marveled at the Statue of Liberty upon arrival at Ellis Island, Ellis Island, those who came to Angel Island were greeted by an intake facility that was sometimes called the Guardian of the Western Gate. Racially prejudiced immigration laws of the time subjected many to rigorous exams and interrogations. Oh, it's like Gitmo. Yeah. As well as detention in crowded, unsanitary barracks. If there's any vindication for the Angel Island immigrants... Oh, here it is. If there's any vindication for the Angel Island immigrants who endured so many hardships, it is the success achieved by those who are allowed entry and the many who at long last gained citizenship. So it's like 40 acres and a mule. Like, hey, you know, you, you, you were stuck on that thing, you got in, you made it, so here you go. Here's a, here's a day to think about it. I can't see it any other way. Yeah, it's pretty humiliating. And uh, you know, we got some 33 stuff, I don't have to talk about that. And then, uh, of course, we had a couple more crotch bomber-related incidents. The, um, I like the, uh, the kid who uh, put the prayer box in his head. And the plane turned around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this, by the way, a Jewish uh, prayer ceremony. This must be Orthodox. I guess there's some kind of box with the scrolls that you put on your head. I don't know about that. Well, a plane I mean, headed... I've seen all these Orthodox uh, uh, Jews in the West Wall the, the, in, uh, in uh, Jerusalem. And uh, I've never seen anybody put a box on their head. I was in there. The plane headed for Louisville, Kentucky, was rerouted after a 17-year-old boy began using Teflon, which Teflon, maybe we should Google that, uh, boxes with religious scrolls inside that are bound to the head and arms with leather straps for Jewish prayer. What kind of cruel joke is that? You make your kids do this. Okay, time to pray. Put this box on your head and strap it. I don't get it. What? What is the point? You'll be getting, you'll be getting a memo from a reformed... Uh, some, some. I, I just like to... I can laugh about that. I just like to know what it is. Anyway, the uh, flight attendant was unfamiliar with the device. Noticed, well, I think. <laughs> noticed it. How come the passengers weren't diving on top of the guy's head? Described it to the pilot. The pilot then made the decision to divert the plane. Hmm. Why? Why divert the plane? What difference does it make? You're in the air already. If the guy's going to blow it up, he'll blow it up on the diversion. It doesn't make any sense to divert the plane. I'm just telling. You, I'm just. I'm just reading the Bloomberg <laughs> report. Uh, I don't. I know, but I'm just either. wondering the logic here. You're in the air. You're flying around, and some guy starts doing some crazy prayer, praying, at least from everybody else's standards, maybe from his own. He's conservative, and he's just in there praying. Which, of course, what airline was this? Uh, U.S. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd be praying, too. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm to put a box on my head and strap it around next time I'm flying. 
so the kid's praying, and so they're up in the air, and the guy says, oh, my God, this we don't know what this is all about. I better go back. I better turn around and inconvenience all the passengers. If he's going to blow the place up, which he wasn't, obviously, he would do it right there on the spot. I mean, the whole thing is stupid. Yeah, Why do you inconvenience the entire plane and turn back around? Yeah, if he blows it up, it's going to be just as much an inconvenience. It's going to, no, no, it's not it. He's going to blow it up. He's going to blow it up. It's not going to blow it up because of the direction you're going. Oh, he's going south now. I guess I won't blow it up. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. No. All right, two more. Um, the uh, new data on the ability of cruciferous vegetables halting cancer is now out. Uh, 22 to 50% decline in lung cancer among smokers if they eat 4.5 servings of raw cruciferous vegetables a month. That's like one a week. And cruciferous, I think, is like broccoli and what? what is cruciferous, John? Well, I don't know. Let's look it up on Google. Uh, I, think cruci- it is, I think it is those heavy green things that are nobody likes. But that's pretty amazing uh, if, this, if this data is true. Yeah, it could be bogus. Well... It could be. This is from uh, Medscape.com. The finding was presented at the 7th Annual American Association for Cancer Research Ah. International Conference on Frontiers in Cancer Prevention Research held in D.C. The study indeed suggests that the risk of developing lung cancer was reduced 22 to 50 percent, which is like, I don't understand why they couldn't just give me, like, why don't you just say 33 among horse smokers radish. who consume horseradish, really. Land cress, Ethiopian mustard, kale, collard greens, Chinese broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, yeah. broccoli, broccoli flower, broccoli romanesco, cauliflower, wild broccoli, bok right. choy, mazuna, rapini, flowering cabbage, Chinese cabbage, turnips, rutabagas, canola, rapeseed, mustard seeds, rocket, garden cress, water cress, wow. radish, daikon, and wasabi. That sounds pretty much what like what Mickey eats for lunch. Well, she won't get cancer then. No, this is great. This is great news. Of course, this stuff will be outlawed because it makes you fart what? like a like a crazy man. <laughs> and that, of course, uh, no. Cr- you know, generally speaking, if you're getting a, a, a gas from vegetables or onion, or even onions, but garlic or any yeah. of these things, it's because of the amount of nitrogen they've pumped into the soil. It's a very unnatural product, and really? it essentially causes problems with your digestive tract. Really? So it's so Brussels sprouts lecture, don't make by you. The way. From a garlic guy, because I had this recipe for sweetbreads and I use elephant garlic. And one time I started using elephant garlic, which then became popular for some unknown reason, which is a huge piece of huge giant garlic that's very mild. And then I had you know this this issue of what the what what's going on? This stinks. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> so I went to this. So I was at a, at a farmer's, not a farmer's uh-huh. market, but a, a, a fair, a harvest fair. Uh-huh. And I went to this guy, this guy growing as a garlic guy. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, man, you have farts from these elephant garlic has ruined this recipe for me. He uh-huh. says, you're getting elephant garlic that has been dosed with too much, too much fertilizer. So um, because I get it from Brussels sprouts. Uh-huh. You, Go find some. Go find. Go find. Where's my whoopee cushion? Go find uh, an or try organic. It gives you those really silent, smelly ones too. <laughs> try go get some organic. 
We have she nothing was, but organic. We we get all of our stuff from Whole Foods. Well, it's there all you organic. Go. Try a different store. <laughs> you saw a baby trying to talk. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's wind it up with the counter commercial to the Australia Day lamb commercial. This was sent by our uh, Jay Won't Dart, our uh, No Agenda vegan in residence. And uh, I do think it's kind of funny because remember we played that clip of uh, the Australian football player who said, let's make January 21st Australia Day Lamb Day. You recall? No. Yeah, we played it on the last show. Oh, yeah, I remember. uh, Have have some more anthrax in your heroin. (laughs) Okay, so um, here is... uh, the commercial against that, and it takes an interesting twist at the end, as you can imagine. My fellow Australians, last year was tough, tough and confusing. Global warming had us packing an umbrella, swimmers and a snowboard just to go and buy a skim chai caramel latte. The financial crisis meant that banks went bust, people lost money, we all got $900 in Kevin Rudd stimulus, and interest rates were up and down like Tiger Woods' backside in a nightclub car park. Confusing. When the first fleet landed at Botany Bay, Captain Cook and his Ponzi cronies had been living on salted meat for ages. They were confused and riddled with scurvy because they didn't eat enough vegetarian burgers. But I can't help but think that if Cook and that wig-wearing florist Joseph Banks had been packing some quality vegetarian goods on board the Endeavour, they might have landed somewhere decent, like Noosa, Sorrento, Margaret River or Bondi Beach, rather than Botany Bay, home to an oil refinery and an airport. There are some people, like our friend Sam, who think that a vegetarian meal is un-Australian and that lamb is the only way to go. Sure, lamb is okay if you like that sort of thing, but is it Australian? Only if New Zealand is a suburb of Sydney and no one told me. Let's stop the confusion, people. Put on some Powderfinger, Mad Max, and chuck a vegetarian sausage on the barbie. And fellas, while you stand around at your Australia Day barbie chewing the fat, literally, remember, women aren't going to be impressed by a bloke and his buffed mates who tear into the remains of poor old Mary's fluffy little white lamb. They want a sensitive fella, a fella who can tell them how much she reminds them of Carrie from Sex and the City and give them a foot massage at the same time. (laughs) When Kevin Rudd and Penny Wong flew to Copenhagen last year, year, it wasn't just for those tasty waffle ice cream cones. It was to work out what to do about global warming. And what did they come up with? Bugger all. I'll tell you the answer to global warming. Less meat. That's right. One of the worst greenhouse gases is methane. And what do you get when cows and sheep fart? Methane. So if we eat less meat, we breed less cows, we breed less sheep, they eat less grass, they fart less, the earth gets cooler. Problem solved. This Australia Day, it's time to stop the confusion and stop global warming. I say let's have a day every week where all we eat is tasty fries, veggie treats. Friday. We won't even have to change the name. It's obvious, and you know it. I'm so. This this yeah. this, this kind of helped me get into this whole vegetable thing. It's like if you're eating all these vegetables with all this nitrogen, you're farting more than when you eat meat. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Especially if they're loaded with nitrogen. Apparently, at least according to this guy. But it, it, but it was when you when I used his garlic, I didn't have the problem, and because he didn't over fertilize. And some yeah, people over yeah. But then again, I don't know if the you know if you go try a different Brussels sprouts. I've never had a problem with like what you described. There must be something in it. No, I know Brussels sprouts is well known to cause gas. Come on. Oh, does, oh yeah, well, it's probably from the uh, sulfur compounds in there. All right. I've never had a problem with Brussels sprouts. Uh, what does make you fart, John? 
not re- well that bad garlic. Because I yeah you, you've cut one in the car after a dinner we had. I remember that. No, one. I don't think so. Yes, you did because you like had all the windows down. I was like, why does he have all the windows down? And then I know, and then I realized, and I didn't say anything because you know, we we had like a bottle of wine. I didn't want to like embarrass you or anything. I but, don't remember that. Yeah, I do. Well, in, I'm in the sorry. Buick. In the Buick, remember? The Buick? Yeah, your Buick. Oh yeah, the Buick. <laughs> the uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just you know. How did this discussion? Go? I don't know. I, oh. It's time to end the show. <laughs> yes, and did, yes, ladies and gentlemen. At one point in my life, I did fart. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I have the opening for the show. Coming to you from the Minimum Security Containment Cell Crackpot Command Center in San Francisco, Gitmo Nation West, I'm Adam Curry. And in northern Silicon Valley with the windows open. Oh, no, it's starting to rain. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be here again. Hope you join us for the early service Thursday morning, 9 a.m., Gitmo Nation West, PST time, right here on No Agenda.